Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Off The Bench. The biggest names in Aussie sport are here every weekend. Yeah, they sure are. And welcome to it. This is Jason Matthews. Welcome to Off The Bench. We look at some of the big interviews from throughout the week with myself and Gary Belcher. And, geez, we had some interesting stuff this week. Uh, we caught up with Daniel Vito, the former NRL player, quit the game in 2017 and took up a career in wrestling in the WWE. We're going to cross to Daniel Vito, who is in Orlando, Florida. Also, Josh Papali, who's preparing to fight a different sport, boxing, you know, just traditional old boxing. He's got a, a boxing match coming up against Ben Hannon uh, on February 12 in Townsville, and he's just started pre-season training. Uh, with the Canberra Raiders. We'll catch up with him. But first of all, uh, Australia lost the Test Series against India. And I tell you what, Ian Healy wasn't happy. We mentioned off the top of the show, the last time the Aussies lost to the Gabba, mm. this man was the keeper for the Australian cricket team. And I don't want to start this chat off Ian Healy in a negative tone, but, geez, that team you lost to, that West Indian side, mate, that was, that would have to be the greatest West Indian team ever. Yeah, well, yeah, good call. Good, g'day, fellas. Uh, I think not, but the, the greatest West Indian team would have been uh, about 1980, something like that. We lost in 88, uh, and the game didn't go as long as that one that just finished at the Gabba yesterday. Ours only went for about two and a half days. But, oh, no. uh, I, think, I think that West Indian team might have the Indian second 11 covered. Second yeah, to third they might have Australia covered. <laughs> yeah, incredible. Heels, uh, straight off the bat here, mate. Um, South African tour, not too far away if it goes ahead. I know there's some COVID issues over in South Africa. Assuming everything's okay and the Aussies go over there and play, what changes would you make to the Australian team? To if tour, any. If any, to tour South Africa. Who would you bring in? Yeah, I'm, I'm struggling to make a change just yet. Um I would put three, if, if whoever are the reserves, they're going to push hard. That, I'd make sure the squad is full of reserves I'm putting in straight away with one or two more chances for some players. I, I think uh, Pukowski will fill that uh, opening role that Marcus Harris was in. I, I've got uh, Warner on notice. Um, I've got Wade on notice. Uh, I've got Payne on notice. Uh, Stark and Lyon on notice. So... So we need to, uh, you know, we, I'm sure with some of those experiences uh, that they'll bounce. They'll bounce hard and and fight back and get their form back and their confidence back. Um, if not, we've got some replacements ready to go. Now, the cupboard's not chock full of replacements that are capable. I think we've got some good mm. T20 form going on at the moment with Ben McDermott and Josh Phillippe, for example. Riley Meredith, I quite like him from Hobart. Uh, good pace. Um, but when you look at their first-class record, it's not that good. So these reserves are going to need some uh, experience and more games before they're going to fill us with any sort of confidence, I bet. Mm. It, you know, some we are, we are concentrating a lot on Australia, whereas I think we need to give 
India credit. I mean, one word descriptors. You were at the game, Heels, and, and you would have watched a lot of it on the, the box as well, that test and the series. How do you describe India in one word and how do you describe Australia in one word? Committed and mm, soft. Soft? Okay. Yeah, I think, I think, I think Australia were just soft. They, they'd lost their hard edge. Um, mm. You know, partnerships. Partnerships not really capitalising, not making sure they stay in and rather than get out. Uh, I, I think I think the worst thing of the Australian uh, performance in the last two tests has been their fielding, their catching. That's just that shouldn't happen. So mm. so that that's a bit of a sign of a something creeping in. Whether it was complacency, even anxiety. I don't think it was anxiety, but but it might have been on the last days. But just a laziness, a little bit of, you know, little bits of all those. Um, and, you know, their performance was off in the field. So I think there needs to be an attitude shift and a fielding improvement and a little bit of hard work punched into them. And mm. they should improve. Heels, we learned yesterday, last night we were talking to Bryce McGain about this, and he made a really good point about, uh, you know, the amount of research that the, the Indian group have done with analysts. analysts and all that who work with the team, like tons of research. Is the Australian cricket team doing that? Because I think, to me, it looked like when we couldn't get a wicket, let's bowl short. That's, that's, that's going to be our tactic from now. And I just think we're way off. Well, first questions first. We've got a very good analyst, Dean Hills. He was a Tasmanian good left-hand opening batsman. Um, so he, he's been excellent. Uh, if anything, we did too much. And you don't need a whole lot. So you've worked it out. It can't be that hard, right? So, mm. so mm. <laughs> there was a lack of variety yesterday, right? Tim Payne's head was full. Uh, his vice-captain's Pat Cummins. Where was he for some suggestions? Nathan Lyons played 100 tests. Why wasn't he thinking more? Um, Steve Smith's out there. There's a there's a, a room full of coaches, and they still they still allowed Nathan Lyon to bowl the wrong line, have the wrong field placings, and have no impact for two tests. And I haven't watched many tests the whole way through for about two years, um, and I don't know how long it's been going, but gee, it was way off yesterday, as you say. Mm. I don't mind the short ball tactics, but when you bowl a short ball tactic, you, you have your fields in certain spots, and they weren't right. So, yeah, you know, there, there seemed to be a, a distinct lack of cohesion between a lot of parties. Oh, I think you've answered. But We've got a text. An, to... an, an analyst, uh, you know, the analysis, you know, the, the things that worked in the early 1900s still work now. You don't have to overanalyze this. I think there's too many words, too much data, and not enough action. Yeah, yeah. Well, mm. text here from Damien, uh, Damien from Lismore, kind of you've answered it. Uh, why did Australia persist with Nathan Lyon late on day five when the quicks were starting to look dangerous? Was that a right. well, we, bit of a puzzle for yeah, you? Well, uh, not really. Our quicks that were dangerous, there's only two of them, uh, Josh mm. Hazelwood and Pat Cummins, were gone. They couldn't. They couldn't bowl like forty-five it. overs each. But, yeah. but so, so I don't know how dangerous they were looking. I think they weren't going that super well either, or creating much pressure. But, but they were, you know, head and shoulders above everything. You know, it's a ridiculous um, situation when you get the two top bowlers of the series and the two top batters of the series, Labuschagne and Smith, and we lose like we lost 
You know, it, the, the, mm. that means the rest and have have been no good. So uh, Nathan Lyon, I reckon he bowled 15 balls uh, on the right line, which is well outside off stump. And he's always said he aims at Tim Payne's right foot. He never got near his right foot other than for mm. about 15 balls yesterday. And when he in those 15 balls, he got one wicket. He got a wicket, caught a first slip, and a couple of balls spun sharply back. And, and that's out of the footmarks that uh, Mitchell Stark created, right? And then he didn't go there. He stayed straight. He bowled out the stumps with a leg side field. Wrong, wrong, wrong. And no one changed him. It, it, Blind Freddie could see that he was doing the wrong stuff. So what mm. happened there? I've got no idea. You sound like you were a bit frustrated, Heels, as were most of us. But, you know, you, you could have imagined mm. yourself behind the stumps and, and what you would have told him. Yes, there was no no chat between. Did you ever see Payne talk to Lyon? You know, obviously they probably mm. talked in the in the breaks and and at times, but nothing changed anyway. But but you know, my one regret yesterday was that you know because I was commentating at the ground, I, I wasn't able to listen to Warney. <laughs> he, <laughs> apparently, he jumped in. He jumped in hard and. He would have been dragging his hair out, and you know, not that he's got too much left. But uh, yeah, not that would have own. been that would have been interesting to sort of uh, just really feel his pain because apparently it wasn't good. So, Hills, you, you've got to be then questioning Payne's captaincy, and also well, it wasn't good, and, and the coaching. I mean, surely Langer and Co. There's enough coaches in that box to see that this is the wrong line and length. Some, someone needs to take responsibility for that and get a message. If Payne, if Payne's head's full of other stuff, then someone else surely should have seen that and got the message down to the ground. It's, it sounds like then there's a lack of leadership. Well, I'm, I mean, whatever it sounds like, I, I'd, I'd like that answer. I'd like the question answered. You know, the journalists haven't got great cricket knowledge, so they didn't. They just went the emotional. Uh, high-end uh, bagging-type questions mm. and, you know, how do you feel type thing. What about some specifics? You know, Nathan Lyon's plan has always been to bowl at your right foot. Why did that not happen yesterday? You know, there's yeah. the first one, you know. Uh, then if, if you do get his line right, which was a successful 15 balls he bowled, you need another fielder over on the offside, either at short point, silly point, right in next to the batsman, because it's spinning back quite quite well and, and now how are they going to hit you onto the leg side from way outside off so put a silly point in or fill the cover gap whatever you want to do and that's your plan that's been the plan for five successful years for Lyon and we weren't there for the last two tests for some reason so I, I want that answered and then when, when did you when did do you agree uh, do you agree with many many former players um, and then where did it fall down? Start asking those questions and, and see what answers you get. That's what they have to do. Mm. Let's swing back to India, uh, who now, I, I guess we, we knew they had incredible depth, but now they've got these players that are on, almost on debut and their, their, their initial series, they've been able to do something that no one has done for so long and to come back from 1-0 down and the devastation when they were smashed and they were out for 36 in Adelaide <laughs> and then to win... You know, three tests in a row, they, they've come back from almost seemingly hopeless positions. 
Are they getting better? Are they are they going to be better and better as the years roll on and more and more dangerous? The Indian Test sites. Well, we're a big yes, yes is the answer. We're a big chance of not seeing some of those fellas ever again, you know, because when Boomer comes back, uh, let's say Suraj, so I think could force his way into their top team pretty mm. soon. But Natarajan, Thakur, um, and Washington Sunder, the off spinner, they're behind some serious, seriously good players that have been injured in this series, you know? So, so who's to say we'll ever see them again? Whatever, what happened yesterday it has never been done in cricket before, I'll bet. You know, such an understrength team to, uh, to beat a team at the Gabba, which with that fortress reputation, um, and do it so convincingly, never been seen before. It, they, they, you know, I think it's definitely, you know, India is telling us it's the most famous victory in the history of Indian cricket. Well, wow. um, I think it's I think it's Indian. Uh, I think it's cricket in general, wow. and then maybe sport. You know, to, that I don't know of. That's like a third division team beating uh, Manchester United on the biggest stage when Manchester the FA Cup. has has a reputation for being in super form. So, yeah. it you know it's it's incredible what happened yesterday, and, and, and they took it one step further from Sydney. You know, in Sydney, they survived that last day. They were, they were just blocking and not even trying to win, right? So that's quite difficult to beat, right? So <laughs> now, yesterday, they, they not only did that, just, just shored things up in the morning, and then they won. So yeah. it, it's incredible. Great, great for Test Cricket Heels. I think we've run out of time, mate, but it wasn't a shot in the arm for Test Cricket, just quickly. Really, really good. Like a good cricket match in any format will yep. stop the cricket world. But a good test stops the country, you know. Many more yep. people than just cricket fans would have put their head into that yesterday. Well, I wish well it went the other way, Hills. Well said, mate. Uh, thanks for coming on Sports Day. And hopefully the Aussies can get it together. And, and look, it's not going to be an easy tour of South Africa. And hopefully we can turn it around uh, in South Africa. Ian Healy, thanks for your time on Sports Day. See you, boys. See you, mate. There you go. And will Coley, I forgot to ask, will Coley make his way back in the team? <laughs> I think he'll make I it. haven't got him in the 11. This is Off The Bench. Welcome back to Off The Bench. This is probably one of the most interesting interviews I reckon we've done so far this year. Um, a guy who used to play rugby league, we played for four or five clubs, Badge. Raiders, Red. Broncos, Titans. Titans. I think that's Dragons? it. Let's yes, him, he did. Daniel Vito, you played for the Dragons, didn't you? Yep. <laughs> a big, he's a, yeah, definitely had a stint there with the Red V. There you go. Uh, nowadays, plying his trade in the United States uh, in the WWE badge, and he joins us on Sports Day. G'day, Daniel. How are you, mate? Hey, mate. Yeah, being good. What about yourself? Yeah, we're, we're going quite well. Badge, I can think of a, a current... Apart from Daniel making the transition from rugby league into mm. into wrestling, how do you reckon Cam Smith would go? Uh, well, he's he's a good wrestler in footy, but I don't think he'd go real well over there. Dan, uh, how, mate, um, this is this is exciting stuff, and kind of been following what you've been doing for a couple of years. Um, was it a, was it a natural thing for you to go from rugby league into wrestling? <laughs> um. I don't know about natural, but uh, it was definitely a transition where, you know, it was a bit left field and um, it was definitely something that, you know, just came about from nowhere kind of thing. But, uh, 
as 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 for the transition itself, mate, um, it did go pretty smoothly. Uh, certain things that I, you know, learned in rugby really, um, you know, applied to being in the ring. Like um, I think definitely some of the the grapples and stuff we we learn at training in rugby league, I was able to apply in, into the ring, and you know, obviously the tackle and stuff like that, I could implement that into my my skill set. So that was definitely a Definitely something that, um, yeah, the transition process was pretty smooth, to be honest. Yeah, look, a lot of a lot of club, all clubs do some wrestling training, and I'm not completely surprised. But what's what's the say? What's the biggest difference? What's the, what's been the hardest thing for you to learn to be able to do in in WWE compared to being a, a professional rugby league player? One of I've got to say, for a big guy, very athletic. Great try scoring ability, always able to do you know the the flips and the rolls and the, get in the impossible positions. But is, is there a hell of a lot more you had to learn with uh, the WWE? Yeah, mate. Uh, the the number one thing would definitely be promos, uh, being able to talk in front of the camera. You know, obviously when the camera's on you, you know you have to adapt to certain situations and sometimes call things on the fly. You've got to be ready, um, you know, at all times and. That's definitely something that's, you know, changed a lot of my life is uh, just learning how to, to talk to the camera and how to how to be, you know, show your personality and whatnot. And, um, yeah, it's been it's been crazy. Do you do you miss the footy? I mean, I, I'm I know you're only thirty. I think you're thirty one next month. But I wonder if you realise that if you'd stuck around in league, there's a good chance you would have played for Queensland in the this Origin series last year or the year before. Do you, any <laughs> regrets yeah. about leaving? leaving the NRL? To be honest, mate, I think at the time I, I was ready for something new. I, I wanted to, to do something else. There was, some, there was something about me that, um, you know, I, my love for the game kind of died for a bit towards the end. Mm. Um, it felt a bit repetitive to me. and uh, But, yeah, it's definitely stopping it. I think, you know... Uh, I definitely do think that if I was to get a chance, well, especially right now, I'm probably in the best, well, I, I am in the best shape I've ever been in, to be honest. Um, it, it, <laughs> certain things like that do cross my mind, and mm. like I'm definitely at the biggest. So, I don't know, it's just certain things, maybe I'd be in a different position, or, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I've, I've, I'm moving, like I've, ne- I've never moved before, to be honest, at the moment, and um, I've been training you know, really hard, especially through this COVID break. Um, things have been, you know, very, very crazy. You know, a lot of but um, yeah, mate, it's it's been real crazy. Um, the whole transition, you know, coming from rugby, you know, going to training every morning and you know doing your video video sessions and running out into the field. But you know, the, the difference here is I'm instead of running into the field, I'm running into a ring. So mm. you know, just learning all the all the craft about about uh, you know professional wrestling it's, it's been yeah it's a bit crazy man what daniel why did you pick why did you pick wrestling it was something that uh came about with uh, nigel Vongenau back in um Samoan camp back in 2015 and he had a conversation to me about it he had someone that was looking you know for for someone to come across over you know someone from, from the rugby stage and or you know footy from rugby league <laughs> And um, to pull him over and give him a go, and he was specifically um, looking for a Polynesian at the time. And Nigel said he, he thought I would be perfect for it. 
So um, on a bit of a hunch, when that came, I don't know, something something inside me that day switched when he had told me that. And at that time, I was a bit like, oh, that's a bit crazy. From that into the, you know, a WWE ring, it's, you know, it's a, that's a big change. But, um, yeah, look at me now, mate. Uh, <laughs> I, I put all my eggs in one basket and to leave my whole family and, you know, to leave everything behind and to, to travel to the other side of this planet. It's, uh, it's been crazy, man. And, you know, I don't regret one bit. And, um, you know, it's something that took a lot of sacrifice. And um, But at the moment, mate, things are looking good. And I hope things keep going the way they, they're going. Were you a big fan of, of WWE before? Did you know a lot about it and know a lot of the uh, the, the other uh, characters? Definitely, was uh, especially when it was free to do. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think that's when it all stopped when they took it off. When they took it off, that and it was on Foxtel and whatnot. But um, yeah, it was definitely uh, growing up as a kid. But you know, you, you, you watch those you know performances like that, and you just think, oh, I wish you know one day I'd be able to do that. And, and you're a kid, like you know, I was six at the time, and I still remember the days sitting on the couch and to be where I am now and, and to meet the people I have, the, the legends that walk around me constantly, like, you know, Triple H and, you know, John Cena, The Rock, you, you see all these guys and, and then you meet them in the flesh and you meet, you know, The Undertaker and, you know, just things like that, just really, uh, yeah, it all came down to that choice, mate, and um, all the way to that day, we, uh, I'd, I'd never forget and, um, yeah, things in my life wouldn't have been possible if I, I didn't take that chance and, yeah, definitely don't regret one bit. Daniel Vito is with us on Sports Day here. Daniel, take us through that first big match when you made the SmackDown um, on Fox. Two million viewers in, in the US alone. You fought Seamus. Well, I used the word fought. You were against Seamus. You did the right thing. You yeah. lost the match and, 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 and he won. Mate, take us through that. How, how nervous were you? Oh, mate. Uh I was uh, told, I think it was the night before that I had this match. And, um, yeah, it, it was very similar to when, uh, you know, Ferenzi gave me a buzz and told me that, uh, you know, I was going to debut for the Raiders. <laughs> but um, it, 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 it really was weird for me. It, it was very, like, what? Like, <laughs> now? Like, I'm not ready. I've got, I've got so much more to learn, you know what I mean? There's a lot more to it than you think. Like um, that's crazy, but yeah, man, I, I, I just went in there. I, you know, I had to do my job and, and get that done. And um, you know, uh, luckily for me, with, with the, uh, the pandemic that we're in, um, they needed someone, and I was, you know, I was there. So that was it. Was pretty cool to get Vince McMahon patting you on the back and saying "good job" out there, and uh, that was something that I'll never forget. Part two of our chat with Daniel Vito on the way next here on Off the Bench. Welcome back to Off the Bench. Yeah, this is Off the Bench. I hope your weekend's going okay so far. Jason Matthews, as we look back at some of the interviews that Badge and I did throughout the week on Sports Day, continuing now, part two of our chat with former NRL star Daniel Vito, left the game in 2017 to take up WWE wrestling in the US. The Rock, The Undertaker you've mentioned, and Seamus, and your – what's your ring name? Zion Z, – is it Zion Quinn? Yeah, yeah Zion Quinn. Who came up with that? Who came up? By, yeah, so. uh, it was mutual. It's a bit of both. 
I, I, so, um, yeah. I thought I thought I read somewhere a few couple Perth? of years ago it was going to be something to do with Samoan, the Samoan something, or has it always been? Oh, the Samoan ghost. Yes. The ghost, the, the whole ghost kind of ideas. Yeah, that's still into play, mate. Um, that's what the Untamed is. It's kind of like a ghost. Like it's it's hard to explain. You'll 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 see through the coming years. You'll you'll work out who I am. <laughs> um, Badge, what would your <laughs> it's, wrestling? It's it's, it's not, yeah. Uh, I'll bring you into this too, Daniel. Badge, what would your uh, wrestling uh, name be? Would uh, it be the Badger? No, or? be the Wuss. The Wuss. <laughs> oh, I, you know what I'd like? I'd like Thunderlips, but um, old mate took it in the Rocky movie. That's the best wrestling name, Thunderlips. Thunderlips. Hey, um, <laughs> how much um, – when, when you're not wrestling with WWE, Daniel, are you doing – is there a circuit that you're doing to keep – match fit like you see in the movie The Wrestler and that's my reference point for for, for wrestling or yeah. do you just constantly train there are no other matches oh no we uh, being in the ring is a different fitness to to rugby it's very very different um, yeah five minutes in the ring you're, you're blown like it's just all the movements and you know the performance itself there's just so much things to be you know constantly moving in your mind and when you're hitting that mat or you know or anything you we, we call it you know bumping so when you hit that when you hit that uh that mat uh, it's like being in a car crash the way your body you know hits it and you have to hit it the right way because if you don't you seriously you know hurt yourself pretty mm. bad um I've, the amount of injuries i've seen since i've been here crazy it's like Literally, nearly triples, you know, the footy field. Where, so, where, um, where are you based? It's crazy. Um, I'm based in here, uh, Orlando, Florida. Okay, nice and nice and safe, yeah. and no big COVID dramas around you. <laughs> yeah, uh, probably one of the worst, you know, states at the moment. Um, <laughs> things are still okay, mate. Things are getting better. That's all that matters, I think. Um, uh, I'm just glad there's sun here. It's, it's the sunshine state, so yeah. it's the same as back home in Brizzy. Um, yeah. I see Alan Demick has written an eight-page feature on how rugby and rugby league players can learn from WWE about building characters to increase the entertainment element of the mm. sport. Are we talking about footy players now wearing those wrestling shorts uh, coming out to rock star music? How, how can What can rugby league, if there's one thing, Daniel, <laughs> what could rugby league learn from WWE? Showmanship. That, that's all I could say is showmanship. Um, I think it's in the in the salaries when you know you're scoring tries and you're really getting into it. You're showboating a little bit. You you bring in rivalry. You bring in that that hunger that I used to remember playing and when I first started. And it, it's pretty sad, but I kind of felt like as I was playing, that started to leave the game. And like you know, the, my career that nine nine ten years was during that phase was was how it was when there was a biff and now it's just like you know you're off off, off the sideline for four weeks mm. you can't do this you can't do that it kind of I don't know to be honest mate, like, it kind of took my joy out of rugby too as the years got yeah, on wow. I don't know just things started um, but that's that's my honest truth it, it felt like things started to die a bit and uh, showmanship is a massive thing and we need things like that I remember the stupid stuff I used to do. I used to dye my hair and have I'd have a red uh, thing on my head or I used to love that stuff. And then you start getting the coaches that 
wants you to, you know, get rid of all that stuff and be this and be that and just be this. Like, I feel like, you know, you got your dead, your dead, um, Dennis Rodman's running around on the court and he's the most popular player. Like, it brings viewers, it brings viewers and it makes, you know, brings fans. And, you know, I think someone like Cheese at the moment, who, who you know, he, he's doing a good thing for himself. He's, he's playing the game, but he's got people wanting to watch him as well. So, um, you know, you got Denon Kemp, um, you know, with his uh, bloke website. He's he's doing awesome as well, man. So that's that's the biggest thing I could say is, um, you know, bring, you know, make make stories and and give the people what they want. Give them give them a reason why they want to watch the footy screen. You know, yeah. give them a story. Yeah. And uh, I think that's the biggest thing that they can take. Great point. Yeah. So build those rivalries. I remember Newcastle. Like I used to. Always get in a fight <laughs> over the kind of Newcastle night. So I love, I used to love that. And uh, every week, every time I played them after that, it was always a personal thing for me. So it was, it was awesome. I loved it. Yeah. Well, and I've noticed as well. You, you call it rugby because for the sake of whenever you're talking to anyone in America or overseas, it's all it's all rugby, rugby. to them. Yeah. yeah. Can I can I ask? Well, I you, yeah. Sorry, I was going to ask you how much of your bouts and your training and how much choreography goes into that. Uh, it's hard to explain, mate. It's 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 a craft that uh, it can be. It can go both ways. It can it can it can be something that I say like you know it, it's done on the spot, like literally, depending on how good you know you know what your level of experience is and uh, you know how good you are at the craft. It's mm. it's um it's all it's all on the fly, mate. There's, there's yeah, it's, it's a lot of things I learned coming here and that I didn't think before, and I learned a lot since I was since I've been on the mats. And uh, yeah, there's it, it's definitely a lot less than you think there is. Let me put it that way. Yeah, um, lots of um, lots of things are improvised and, and done, you know, on the feeling of the match and how things are going. And what we're trying to do is tell stories, and that's that's our biggest goal: to tell stories and get them across onto the screens or yeah, to the fans. Yeah, that's good. Entertain. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, now, before yeah. before we let you go, Daniel, if there's one player right now you'd love to yeah. see leave the NRL and go into WWE, who would it be? <laughs> that is, um, <laughs> I'm going to have to say one of my best mates, yeah, the Bronx, I'd have to say Alex Glenn because the guy loves to do a bomb into the water and, um, the way he does his slips and stuff could work here in the ring. So. Alex Glenn, not Very what athletic. I expected. Yeah, 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 not okay. what I expected, but there you go. All right. Daniel, <laughs> mate, we appreciate you joining us late in the evening in uh, in the United States and uh, all the best uh, with your WWE future. Now, I see the WWE Royal Rumble streams on WWE Network and Foxtel's main event on Monday, Feb 1 at 11 a.m. Are you involved with that, mate? Hey, mate, you're just going to have to watch and see. <laughs> ah, okay. damn, what there a good go. tease. <laughs> Daniel Vito, <laughs> mate, we really do appreciate your, your time on Sports Day, mate, and good luck with it all. You, you, you're going well. Thanks, Eves, mate. Uh, it was a pleasure to talk to you guys, and, you know, you stay safe back there, you know, in Australia. This is Off The Bench. Welcome back to Off The Bench. This bloke we're yeah. about to get on, Badge. He's played 219 first-grade games, 52 tries, 
Done some remarkable stuff on the field for the Raiders, Queensland, and also Australia. Yes. But But we caught him uh, in the middle of ordering some Subway. Uh, Josh Papali, <laughs> welcome to Sports Day. Now, Josh, don't tell us. Hold off. Badge and I are having a bit of a debate while we're waiting for you ordering your uh, Subway. We're trying to work out what yep. sort of sub you'd be into. We've had a side bet here yeah, we have. on what, what you'd have. <laughs> now, Badge, what was yours? Right. Chicken schnitzel on multigrain foot long. And what about you, Woody? And mine is multigrain. I've gone multigrain as well, but I reckon you've yep. gone the uh, meatball melt with tons of bacon, no avo, little bit of salad. <laughs> uh, so I went the meatball on wheat. Oh, on wheat. So close. Unlucky. Yeah. What sort of cheese? Uh, All of them. Uh, mozzarella. Mozzarella. I don't know what that is. It was, it was just a small cheese they spread on top and then uh, beautiful. Yeah, chipotle sauce, bit oh, of salad. Finely <laughs> tuned athlete, Josh <laughs> yeah. Papali. Um, Hang mate. on, Badge. Toasted? Does that, does, that, does that mozzarella melt through the meatballs? Yep. Yeah, when it's toasted, yeah. Oh, God. You're right. We're going to talk anything about footy or anything now? Yeah, Josh? actually, before, yeah. We, before <laughs> we talk about footy and the big fight that's coming up on, I think it's Feb 12, let's relive the tackle of the century. Williams gets the yeah. kick away. It'll be taken in the end goal, up above his head. The captain, Jamal Fogarty, back for the quick tap and go. Seven tackles up their sleeve. Fogarty, he might go the lead. Chased oh. by Big Papali. That was round 15 against the Titans last year. Jamal Fogarty still hasn't lived it down from his teammates. <laughs> oh, I guess it was just one of those uh, lucky effort ones. Uh, yeah, and I, I think the uh, budgie smugglers come out and uh, did some budgies on it. So, uh, pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. You played in grand finals and, and won origins and tests and everyone wants to talk about one one tackle on a little halfback. How's your how's your speed yeah. training going? Speed training going, Josh? Did have you been working on that? Oh mate, it, it was uh, me and Dinamo Louis' uh, first day back uh, after the long break, and um, yeah, I've been doing boxing training instead of uh, you know catching the ball and passing. So yeah, uh, something a bit different this off season. So um, feeling good though. I know a few years ago after the World Cup, you didn't come back in great shape. Is that? Fair enough to say. Are you, have, you learned, have you learned a bit yeah, from yeah, that? Nah, Are you in, nah. you in pretty good nick? Yeah, so I'm, I'm sitting pretty good at the moment. <laughs> um, you know, a bit lighter than last year and the year, previous years. And, um, yeah, especially probably after that World Cup, the last World Cup, uh, I come back pretty, um, you know, underdone. And Most clubs, in fact, I think every player in the competition has come back late because of the late finish to the year and, uh, and and you in particular, or like a few others that played State of Origin after getting through to the prelim final, um, does it mean you miss all that grueling, long, hard, extremely difficult training that uh, everyone hates doing? Yeah, so we we just missed that that cycle. Um, I think me, me, Dinamis, Louis, Jack Wyden were the last three to come back. Um, you know, and besides George Williams going through the quarantine down in Melbourne. Mm. Um, but other than that, um, yeah, we had the 1K test today. 
a uh, bit of running. I think the field session dragged on for about three hours. So, uh, you know, that was, yeah, <clears throat> obviously, um, you know, not an ideal first day, but, uh, you know, it's good to see everyone in good shape and uh, good to be back uh, as well. Gee, uh, Ricky's got some uh, challenging decisions to make uh, for round one and, and also the trial games. Uh, he's got 2,000 games worth of experience at the Raiders uh, this season. Have you seen, I mean, you've only been back today, have you seen a lot more competition at training with blokes putting more in, Papa? No, I have, mate. It's, uh, you know, it's a bit of depth, um, you know, this year with, um, you know, the forwards as well and, um, you know, a lot of outside backs and young kids coming through and, uh, you know, really performing uh, well at training and, um, you know, that's probably a good headache to have as a coach is, um, you know, not being able to pick your, your best 17 because you can sort of pick your best 30. So um, it's probably, a, a you know, a good headache to have as a coach and uh, we're heading towards the, the right steps to hopefully uh, making another grand final. Now, have you run into Ryan James yet? I spoke to him in December, so just before Christmas, and he says, oh, I'm down in Canberra, and of course, coming from the Gold Coast. Oh, the weather's terrific. Um, has anyone explained <laughs> to him at the club about June, July, August, August September, yeah. <laughs> October? Yep, Josh? Oh, man, I, I, I think he's in for uh, quite a shock, because eh? it's, um, you know, after my first uh, winter down here, I wanted to go back home. Um, but no, nah, look, I think he, he's got a nice little family with him, um, you know, down in Canberra and, um, I think he's in for quite a shock there. Yeah. <laughs> but there are some opportunities there because, you know, John Bateman has gone back home and, and Nick Kotrick, they're probably the most notables. He's gone to, uh, to the, to the Bulldogs. Just tell me what happens in a club like the Raiders, uh, Josh, when, when someone comes, new players come along. Uh, whether they're young blokes or, as you said, uh, Ryan James and his young family, is there any special treatment there or, or, or special way that you can take them under their wing and try to, you know, help them adjust and get used to being in Canberra? Yeah, I think, um, you know, because most of the players are from, um, you know, out of state as well. So, um, you know, it's real, uh, the boys are real welcoming here, uh, same as the coaching staff. So, um, yeah, we try and make, um, you know, training uh, real enjoyable, um, you know, besides the conditioning side. But, um, you know, we have, you know, birthdays we all attend. And I think uh, Sia's daughter had a birthday at um indoor playground. And, you know, I met Ryan James there for the first time and his kids and his wife. And uh, same as uh, Caleb Aikens as well. So, mm, nice. um, you know, a lot of dinners together with the families um, to try and get to know one another. And um, that's all you can sort of really do down here. Yeah, well, some would agree with you. I think there's plenty to do down yeah, here. Yeah, $12, $12 yeah. schnitty yeah. nights. Oh, and all that. <laughs> but, Josh, what about the $12 schnitty nights at the Raiders Gungarland? Sure, you can get all the families together for oh, that. Beautiful. Get Get the Diane sauce, yeah. too. That's the that's the best on that. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've had to skip that this off-season, mate. <laughs> uh, now, we know you're waiting to hoe into your subway, but we do want to talk about the boxing that's coming up. Talk about people that you've just met, Ryan James. Have you, ever, have you actually met... Ben Hennett, I don't think your career's paths crossed. Your your nah. opponent in the big fight, he finished with Origin yeah. and, and his his test his representative career in 2012, and you came, you know, smashing onto the scene in 2013. Do, do you know him? Yeah, no, I don't think I've ever met him before. I, I think we played Prime Ministers uh, 13 and 
in PNG 2013, but I I actually can't remember like anything from that camp. Because mm. I'm thinking this um, fight, so. this fight, because Papa the, could be billed as Papa Bear versus the Polar Bear. Hey, yeah, you can run with <laughs> yeah. that. Uh, yeah, so, so some of the boys that he used to play with call him the omelette, and I still don't know why. So The omelette, um, isn't it? We better let you get into that uh, meatball wheat sub with the mozzarella cheese melted yeah. on top. <laughs> uh, mate, take it easy on Ben Hennick. So I think he's still going to have about another dozen kids, so don't go too hard on him. <laughs> uh, Josh Papali from the Raiders, uh, good luck with the season two, mate. Hopefully we'll catch up with you again. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. That's it for another Off the Bench. Hope you have a great weekend. Badge and I will be back Monday night for Sports Day. We'll catch you then. See ya.